No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the news comes to Ezekiel that Jerusalem has fallen. The cause of Judah's ruin is her disobedience and idolatry. The people listen to the prophet, but they do not obey. We hope you join us as Pastor Darrell continues in Ezekiel chapter 33 on Simply the Bible. One of the greatest reasons to study the Bible and do what it says is because truth will always win out in the end. Jesus said that heaven and earth will pass away, but his words will never pass away. And that's why they become such a great foundation on which to build our lives. Now, those who take God's word to heart and seek to obey it will ultimately be justified before an unbelieving world. But even if the world never acknowledges us, God will on the day of judgment. Now, one of the reasons we study the prophets of the Bible is because the fulfillment of their prophecies builds our faith. Jesus told his disciples in John 13, 19, Now I tell you before it comes, that when it does come to pass, you may believe that I am he. In Ezekiel chapter 33, we see the words of the prophet coming to pass. This sets the stage for more of Ezekiel's prophecies to come to pass in the future. We continue in Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 21. And it came to pass in the twelfth year of our captivity, in the tenth month, on the fifth day of the month, that one who had escaped from Jerusalem came to me and said, The city has been captured. This was January of 585 B.C. One of the survivors from the fall of Jerusalem came all the way to Babylon and brought news to Ezekiel that Jerusalem had fallen to King Nebuchadnezzar. It took about five months for him to get there and tell Ezekiel the news. All along, Ezekiel had prophesied that this would happen, but false prophets among the Babylonian captives were saying that Jerusalem would never fall. Now the hand of the Lord had been upon me the evening before the man came who had escaped, and he had opened my mouth. So when he came to me in the morning, my mouth was opened, and I was no longer mute. I love how Ezekiel phrases this, that the hand of the Lord had been upon him. He knew when God was anointing him to speak forth his word. And for seven years, Ezekiel had remained silent. He only opened his mouth to pronounce judgments. But now that his prophecy concerning Jerusalem had come to pass, his mouth was opened by the Lord. While Jerusalem had been under siege, his lips were restrained. But now that Jerusalem had fallen, Ezekiel's lips were loosed and he would begin to declare God's plan of future restoration for Israel. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, they who inhabit those ruins in the land of Israel are saying, Abraham was only one and he inherited the land, but we are many. The land has been given to us as a possession. The people who remained in the land of Judah had a sense of entitlement. They thought that 
They were the privileged ones because they got to stay in the land. The people who had been taken away captive were gone, and so now they could take their inheritance for themselves. They reasoned that if Abraham was only one person and he received the land as his possession, then how much more should they take possession of it being so many? But they ignored Jeremiah's earlier prophecies that those who were going into Babylon were like good figs, but those who remained in the land were like rotten figs. Therefore, say to them, thus says the Lord God, you eat meat with blood. You lift up your eyes toward your idols and shed blood. Should you then possess the land? You rely on your sword. You commit abominations and you defile one another's wives. Should you then possess the land? Now they compared themselves to Abraham, but there was one big difference. Abraham was righteous while they had done evil by violating God's law and committing violence, idolatry, and adultery. They refused to acknowledge God's judgment against their nation. They thought that they were entitled to possess the land forever. But in fact, possession depended upon their spiritual obedience, not on their numerical strength. We in America may think that we are entitled to possess this great land. We may point to our numbers, our intellect, our military strength, or our work ethic as justification for why we should live here and consume this nation's resources. But we enjoy the land because God has been gracious to us. Historically, we were a nation that based its government and society upon the Bible and Christian principles. We sent out missionaries throughout the world. But I shudder to think of the reservoir of judgment that is building up against our nation when we redefine God's institution of marriage as being between a man and a man or between a woman and a woman. I fear what will happen because we value women's rights to choose over a baby's right to live. Verse 27, Say thus to them, Thus says the Lord God, As I live, surely those who are in the ruins shall fall by the sword, and the one who is in the open field I will give to the beast to be devoured. And those who are in the strongholds and caves shall die of pestilence. For I will make the land most desolate. Her arrogant strength shall cease. And the mountains of Israel shall be so desolate that no one will pass through. Then they shall know that I am the Lord when I have made the land most desolate because of all their abominations which they have committed. So those who were in the ruins of the city who remained in Judah would fall by the sword, the beasts of the field, and the pestilence. These were the same things that God used to judge those who were in Jerusalem. And God would make the entire land desolate so that they would finally know that he is the Lord, that he is the one worthy to be feared who brings judgment against the disobedient. And all of this would happen because of their abominations, because they delighted in detestable things. Now, the Apostle Paul wrote 
in Galatians 6, 7, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. And we need to be aware of what it is that we are sowing to. The people of Israel were not aware. They just did whatever they wanted and pleased themselves however they wanted to, not realizing that there would be a time of judgment. As for you, son of man, the children of your people are talking about you beside the walls and in the doors of the houses and they speak to one another, everyone saying to his brother, Please come and hear what the word is that comes from the Lord. So they come to you as people do. They sit before you as my people, and they hear your words, but they do not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their hearts pursue their own gain. Now the people were coming to Ezekiel, because they saw that his prophecies, his predictions were coming to pass. Suddenly, Ezekiel was popular and people wanted to hear from the prophet. And so God said, listen, Ezekiel, they are talking about you. You are the talk of the town, as it were. And they're telling their friends, hey, come on out. Listen to Ezekiel. Come hear the word of the Lord. Ezekiel's predictions had become a form of popular entertainment, like people who make predictions every year for the new year, and people were just like eating it up. What's Ezekiel going to say? Because Ezekiel had an amazingly accurate track record. It was 100%. Everything that he said would happen was coming to pass just as he said. So God said, they are listening to your words, but here's the thing, Ezekiel. They're not doing them. It's just surface deep. They pay attention to what you say in the sense that they listen and they're entertained by it, but it doesn't affect their behavior. They're unwilling to give up their sin. They're unwilling to change their lives according to your word. And so they honor you with their mouths, but their hearts are greedy for gain. They're just looking to your predictions so that they can know how to make a profit, not so that they can turn from their wickedness and do what God is commanding them to do. Indeed, you are to them as a very lovely song of one who has a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument, for they hear your words, but they do not do them. And when this comes to pass, surely it will come, then they will know that a prophet has been among them. So just like people might listen to the radio or listen to popular music and and they like the song, they'll sing to it, but it doesn't necessarily have any real effect on their lives. They might be emotionally engaged, but it doesn't change their behavior. And so this is how it was. They thought, oh yeah, he's just beautiful to listen to. And uh, we like to do that, but we're not going to really do what he says. You know, that can happen in churches too. People may come and they sort of sit in the pews and they 
uh, judge the sermon. Oh, it was good. You know, we'll give it a six or an eight or maybe a two or whatever. They're, they're sitting sort of at, like judges at the Olympics and uh, they judge or rate the message, but do they change their life according to what the pastor says? And, and oftentimes they don't. They just do this because it's the thing to do on a Sunday. But God said, the time is going to come that they will recognize that everything you have said, Ezekiel, you have said because my hand was upon you and you were giving them my words and my words will come to pass and they will know that a true prophet of God has been among them. Listen, the more that I look around and see what is happening in the world, the confusion, the darkness, the uncertainty, the seemingly insoluble problems, the more inclined I am to go to the Word of God, to meditate on the wisdom of God. And the reason is that in the end, what God has said will stand. It will stand the test of time as truth always does. And I would encourage all of us to meditate upon the Word of God, really love God's truth so that we might have God's blessing and prosper in that which we do. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast, and please leave us a review. That helps a lot. On Monday, we will return to the book of Job and see where Job accuses his three friends of being miserable comforters. He laments over the fact that God has delivered him to the ungodly, and there is nothing he can do about it. We hope you'll join us as we continue teaching through God's Word on Simply the Bible.